All right. Are we starting? Hey, guys. Hey. How are you? This is episode 153. Oh, oh we the are world's starting. On fire. Oh, that's yeah. Cool. No, yeah, we're starting. Um, the world's on <laughs> fire. We've got hockey to talk about. There was some actually cool Red Wing stuff that happened this past week. I always love when they do a mic'd up, when they do a mic'd up video. Uh, they're always interesting. But I am here tonight with Ryan and Tyler. Uh, how Hi. are you guys feeling? I'm... Ryan's tired a bit. I was on my fucking deathbed the last prior to today. I, from Sunday into Monday, pretty sure I had food poisoning. I'm not really sure what it was. It could have been the wife's lasagna. I think it was an all an insurance catch, but uh, I, I, I've won this you battle. You foiled her plot. Yep. So, uh, but no, I'm good. It's uh, I'm, I finally had a full meal for the first time in the last, uh, since Sunday. So that was kind of the nice. poison lasagna. Yeah. Tyler, how are you? I'm I'm not doing well. <laughs> I mean, personally, I'm doing fine, but like you know, okay, I mean, we'll hockey, skip you then. Uh, hockey <laughs> is part of my happiness, and when you know the NHL goes on pause, I go on pause. You know, but no, I mean, all joking aside, I'm I'm happy for the holiday here coming up, getting some time off of work and stuff like that. Other than that, just looking forward to getting back the NHL and the World Juniors coming up, which we're going to talk about at some point here. I'm excited for the holiday season to be over. It is like the world's most stressful time of the year, uh, especially when you have kids and you have to buy a whole bunch of shit for other people's kids. So, not dude, when you're done. <laughs> a terrible agreement to have with other people. <laughs> it's not an agreement. It's just a nice thing we do. And it's no, you guys are way out. nicer than us. <laughs> but but uh, we've got some Red Wings uh, stuff in Red Wings world besides every single Red Wing now basically having COVID and being out. Yeah. Um, which the pause will be nice for us because we'll be able to get some of our players back by the time the Christmas break is over. But they did an episode of Miked Up with Dylan Larkin, who recently scored his first career hat trick, which we will talk about. But I want to start with just the sheer generosity of our captain, Dylan Larkin. So if you haven't seen it, if you head over to the Red Wings Twitter page, uh, they posted the Miked Up video on their YouTube, too. And in the first part of it, uh, Larkin is like getting real excited during warmups and crashes into the boards and knocks over a guy's beer, to which he promptly goes to the bench, asks one of the, I think he's a locker room attendant. Yeah, um, I think the main guy is what it was. It was. Yeah, yeah, asks him for if he's got 20 bucks, which is funny. Larkin makes millions of dollars a year asking him for 20 bucks. And he's like, what the fuck do you need 20 bucks for? So he had him go over and give the guy 20 bucks to replace his beer. And the guy that uh, had his beer spilled actually went on big D energy with Darren McCarty and they interviewed him. That was also him. fantastic. Yeah. Oh, I did not <laughs> just, see that. Yeah. Yeah. They interviewed him. He's like, yeah, I didn't actually go buy a beer. I saved the money just in case it would bring the team luck during the game or some shit like that. But this Dylan Larkin beer spilling saga uh, made its rounds through all of the National Hockey League, like top media, and then on the Sports Center. And everyone is covering just the sheer generosity of Dylan Larkin. He's now the golden child of the NHL, I would say. And we always knew he was a nice guy. And every beer drinker's best fan. Everyone's going to be buying Larkin beers now. That's what's going to happen. Pretty much. I think you already had that locked down for the Metro Detroit area, no? And even Enterprise of the Car Company retweeted it. And they're like, what would be your reaction if Dylan Larkin bought you a beer? And I just did like a, a fainting gif. And they thought that was pretty funny. But it's just Larkin. It's a good story to have 
especially to get your team more coverage because the Red Wings are coming back and any kind of media to get attention on the Red Wings is, is good attention, right? I think we've had more just this uh, last, well, really just this season since the yeah, season like began first quarter in, in the, the other year. Because, what I mean, obviously we have Raymond and Sider both getting back-to-back Rookie of the Months. And I don't know what Ned's stats are looking like this month, but you could argue. I, I, would, I would think for the way Zegers has come on, he's probably going to lock down December. But we've got those two. We got Larkin out there making waves. You just got, I mean, we know that he just bought that guy a beer. But he also <laughs> just got Player of the Week, which I know I think we're getting ready to touch on. We don't have this many nice things. And are, are we still above 500? I have it in front of me. I can't read. Yes. Yeah. We're still actually above 500, 31 games into the season. And we're, st- we are at 15, 13 and three, three points clear of a playoff spot right now too. What's that Boston though has like what five games in hand. I on think us? So. Yeah. They yeah. suck though. Yeah. <laughs> they are horrible. It's so funny watching the world burn here. People are so mad and they're, they're like, this season can't end soon enough. Hopefully it gets canceled because of COVID. Like, I don't think oh they want God. that to happen because their guys aren't getting any younger. P- people here are like, you know, they need to fire Cassidy and they need to do this and they need to do. I'm just like, no, they don't. They just need to get into a groove and start playing good. For or, Cassidy's or, sake, he'll get out of there before that point. So he doesn't get the, yeah. I mean, not trying to relate him to it, but he'll get the Babcock treatment where he gets run out of town for the team actually getting worse, not his coaching. <laughs> not to say I'm a Bruins fan or anything like that, but I, I mean, I do feel bad for my girlfriends sometimes. No, you but don't. Then, but then <laughs> I guess I have to kind of say that. If I were to be, she doesn't listen. Say, to she doesn't listen to us. Don't kid yourself. <laughs> if I were to be devil's advocate for the Bruins, I would have said in the off season, why didn't you bring in a second line center to replace David Krejci? Who's their second line center right now? I think it's Charlie Coyle. I mean, Ooh. he's not a bad <laughs> player. He's just not a good second. He's line not center. David Krejci. Is it Krejci? Krejci? Whatever you say his name. The, to have the chemistry that Krejci did with the, that, what's the perfection line? Is that what their top line is? especially when it came to the power player, just replacing someone right. if they were out or, or whatever, what have you. Yeah. That's uh, that's almost like when Detroit lost Datsuk. It's like he, he was their Datsuk almost in comparison for their top, top guys. He was at one point, one of the more underrated players in the league. He was just so good. He was like, I mean, obviously Bergeron has been as good as anybody for a long time, but like Krejci's just like that second line center that he didn't get a lot of the hype that, he probably deserved, but he was a fantastic player um, for a long time. So, the, but that's their biggest issue: the second line center position. And the Larkin thing. When I first saw it, I had to go back and watch it. I like couldn't believe it. I'm like, you know, I knew he was a good guy. I just didn't. I didn't think like, you know, maybe I thought he'd, he'd throw him a puck or something like that. I didn't think he'd replace the beer. That was on par of what the Wings organization is trying to become. You know, with. Steve Eisenman at the helm and, and, you know, they've kind of done this for a long period of time. Now you go from Steve Eisenman and Nick Lidstrom to Henrik Sutterberg and now Dylan Larkin. I mean, those guys, each of those guys probably would have done the same thing. I mean, those guys are as classy as it gets. And when you talk about the wings organization, that's exactly where it comes from. It comes from the top. With just the genuine sadness that he spilled the guy's beer. He's like, oh, no. He's on the stages of grief. He's like, oh, I feel so bad. <laughs> He's like, he immediately had to skate to the bench and rectify the situation. And I think it was Osterley. He's like, you, did you just spill that guy's beer? 
He's in front of the net. Oh no. Oh no. <laughs> oh no. And they all had the same reaction of, Oh, it was, I mean, it was a nice thing for him to do. And, and like we said, we're getting more of the media coverage now because we don't just have the one thing like Larkin having a, a career season yeah. right now. We don't just have that going on, but like Ryan said, we've got Raymond insider. We've got two of the best prospects in the whole league this season uh, in, in our city. And the team is overdoing their expectations. They're overachieving currently. And like you said, we're in a playoff spot. So there are many storylines coming out of Detroit that at the beginning of the season, we knew if Larkin was healthy, that he'd bounce back. There was no way that wasn't going to happen. We didn't know. We knew Raymond and Cider were going to be good. We didn't know they were going to be this good this fast. So everything is kind of fast-tracked currently, and we're all getting real excited, but the league is also taking notice, and media is also taking notice. And it helps to have two Rookie of the Months back-to-back. And like you said, Ned, who is not having a great December, but he's having a good December. Yeah. I mean, he's he's keeping them in games for more more often than not. And he's become the starting goaltender. There's going to be less flip-flopping him and Grice, and it's Ned's going Ned has earned the majority. I've seen it off of Grice. So far. Well, I Grice Grice was good against Jersey. Yeah. I'll, I'll give yeah, that. he wasn't bad against Jersey. That's 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 a good point. But I, I mean, like just in general, I think I've seen enough of Grice. I think, I mean, obviously you can't do much right now at this point in time of the season. But I mean, in the off season, I think I think it's time to probably get another backup in here. I don't think Grice. Well, I think that'll be the expectation because he's expiring, right? Yeah, he's also thirty six. Expiring and he's older. Yeah. So Grice was originally brought in to be a backup for Bernie. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And it and now he's going to be if Ned keeps playing at the same level, he's going to be Ned's backup. In the next season, we'll get a backup for Ned. And then in a few years, we'll probably bring in Kosa to back up Ned, and the Kosa should have to earn the starter spot. I mean, it's just goalie projection for our team. Right. But I mean, the only hope uh, is that he at look, least gets his goals again, his save percentage of goals against he did flip because right now he's at an eight ninety three save, and he's allowing three five a game on the season. Yeah. Yeah, the couple games against uh, the big blowout games kind of hurt him a little bit. It feels like every time that the Wings have a bad game, he's the one in net, and it's not his fault. They're just he's got just, Jimmy Howard syndrome going right now. That game against Colorado, and I think there was another game, maybe St. Louis, where they just they they couldn't stop the teams from getting into the zone. They just let the guys free will into the zone, and they'd have you know shots on net and no blocking yeah. those were just lack of I'd, effort games i'd really like to see because i know max had a, a recent article kind of touching on how bad detroit's defense has been this year what the split is i'm not sure minus moritz cider won't, yeah but i'd like to i want mm-hmm. i'm curious what the split is between ned and grice and net and what their goal support's been because right now i mean it's just grice i mean visibly as we've seen grice is not good and he's been kind of he's, he's he looks slow at least in my eyes, and he's not, and I think another thing that 36. I think another thing that's hurting him is that the team gets it seems to be so accustomed to what Ned's doing in terms of playing the puck, and Grice is the exact opposite. He is rarely coming out of his net to do anything. And I wonder if it just kind of, I mean, it shouldn't because they're all professionals and that's how they should handle things. But I'm wondering if it's because of what we've talked about before with them trying to rely on that breakout and getting out of their own zone, him not being making that extra play on the puck is kind of affecting their game yep. plan a little bit. Mickey had talked about it after one of the games where he said that Ned is basically like having an extra defenseman on the ice. Mm-hmm. It's kind of like how Hashik was for them. Excellent at playing the puck, good at clearing the zone, finding the open spots and getting it mm-hmm. there. Oh, so I, and you're right. 
Grice is slower. He's not as athletic. I mean, Ned, every three games is making a highlight reel save. Yeah. Grice like, has out had a of few, his mind. but it's not been as much as Ned has been doing. Not consistent. No. But Grice is going to be slower because he's older. And like you said, we're going to get a new backup. But I think, and especially now, Ned out on COVID protocol as of a few days ago, we could get him because of the Red Wings pausing their season. By the time we come back after Christmas, he should be ready to go. Mm-hmm. So we're not really going to miss anything there. And Grice did play in Jersey and we did win that game. Yeah. And he, he looked good against Jersey, but the, you, you need, as long as he's got some of those games, cause right now he's at 500, which is okay. It's whatever this team we know is not fantastic, but if we can do, if he can squeeze out some of these, if he gets a save percentage over 90 and drops that goals against to around three, now that's all it's hypothetical, of course. But and you got Ned. If, oh, if optimal, scenario. that's optimal because if Ned keeps doing the way you're trending the way he is, you got to think his safer percentage is going to boost up a little bit, and his goals against may come down. But it depends on is the defense going to stay healthy for one, and really just kind of keep the pressure off these guys because right now they're facing a shit ton of shots, and it's they're, they they've got to be tired. Yep. So in a way, this could be a blessing in disguise having an extra couple of days off. I know the last thing we all want to talk about, but um, this just in from uh, Eduardo and Cena. I, I guess he covers the Lightning. Uh, there's one game in the NHL tonight, and I think it's the last one before we hit pause. I thought there the were two. Season. There was two. There's two. No, there's, there's just one. There's just there? one. Yeah, it's Tampa Bay and uh, Vegas, and I guess Vegas had some COVID yeah, because issues. Florida shut their season down. The other was a Florida. Vegas nah. had some COVID issues this morning, and now Tampa Bay, uh, John Cooper's entered COVID protocol. So I can play with a different coach. Yeah, it's fine. We won with Ben Simon. Derek Lalonde is going to be the guy behind the bench for Tampa Bay tonight. Don't know who that is. So the Ben Simon, that's the other thing. Is the Ben Simon thing is kind of interesting. That completely went under the radar. Yeah, so Ben Simon and one of the other assistant coaches from Grand Rapids came up and coached that Jersey game. And maybe it kind of goes to show just, I guess, how little, because they ran the same system. It's not like they changed to a different system of hockey in one game because you can't do that. How little a coach has effect on a team game to game, which I think we kind of knew. I mean, a coach is just there to make sure the matchups happen correctly and that you're sending the right guys out and on the power play and on the penalty kill. And Huda was still there to run defense. And again, Ryan, I glad you jumped ship because uh, Facebook blew up with, this is why we need to get rid of Blaschel because a Grand Rapids coach came in and did. Can we, can we get Pete a Facebook alias to go all in on these people? Just get on there. And give him full immunity. Tell 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 the other admins people, that this guy that Pete is off limits, and just let him go at it. People love to harp every second they can. They will not give Blashill an ounce of credit for anything that goes right. Like you have to tell them, listen, we're way overperforming this season with Blash as a coach. They will say you're doing that in spite of him, and that when you lose, you lose because of him. I've. So I've just, flipped a little bit. I mean, I know you're not supposed to do this as a person that does these kind of podcasts, but you know what? I got to give him credit. He's been good this year as a coach. I'm so proud there's of you been right a couple, now. No, Tyler, that's called that's called growth in admitting. <laughs> there's there's been a couple of times where I'm like, oh, I don't I don't know, but but it just when they lose, it's not because of him. It's because the team just for some reason doesn't not have that, it that great. Night. Yeah, they're yeah. But there the are nights they're just not great. There are nights even great teams don't have it, and mm-hmm. those are the nights where, like, sure. I mean, look at Tampa Bay back. Um, you know, even early this season, 
there's nights where they don't have it and they just have talent and they're able to win games because didn't the Panthers who are like the best team in the league get blown out like six by to one team? by the Sens yeah. or something? It was eight to two or something like that. Eight to two. Yeah, that, like, that's a bad night and they're a great mm-hmm. team. So are you going to fire your coach or blame your coach for that? It's It just comes down to the difference in how them getting blown out like that and us getting blown out by like the Habs earlier this year is – yeah. We're doing it though, and we don't have an immediate bounce back. But that's not necessarily no. again on the coaching. That's on the players. Just we don't have enough to kind of get ourselves out of that funk. When you're only losing one to two games in a row, or and and then you go on a tear for three to four games, that's where you want to be at. And they're not there yet. Because if, if you look no. at their hockey reference and their game over game, it's it's ugly. It's but you see some you see a lot of highs and a lot of lows. Granted, we were able to bounce back from that five to three Carolina loss, a game where we should, probably should have won to beat the New Jersey Devils five to two, which I guess will bring us back to Dylan Larkin, where Dylan Larkin had his first career hat trick in that game, which is mind blowing. Yeah, a lot of people are like, wait, Larkin's never had a hat trick before. Like, I could have swore Larkin's had a hat trick before. 460 games, 460 NHL games. How many two which, goal games he had up to that point? Oh, I think. And he started his lot. career with the two goal game. Against Toronto. Sure was. It's funny. You look at 460 NHL games. Now, at 25 years old, it's impressive to have played 460 NHL yeah. games. Mm-hmm. And it took that long to get him uh, his first career hat trick. But Dylan Larkin right now on his career in 460 games has 131 goals and 187 assists for 318 points. And on the season right now, he's got 29 points in 27 games to lead the team in points, followed by Lucas Raymond. So uh, bounce back season for Dylan Larkin. Like we said, we knew it was going to happen and mm-hmm. he was healthy because when he's healthy, we know what kind of player he is. In the 2018-19 season, I'd say is probably the last time he may have been fully healthy, healthy, and he had 75 points in 76 games. How many games did he miss last year? Because he probably would have been up to 500 already by now, no? He played 44 in a 56-game season, so he missed 12 games. Well, there was a season before that, too. I mean, he was at 71 at a... Well, that was shortened. That was a full season. And so he probably would have been around almost to 500. If it would have been... How many games yet? He's at what? Right now, 27. 460 total. Eh, it would have been close. Yeah, 460 total. Yeah, he's only he's only missed a small portion of games yeah. in the last couple of years. Um, but the way he's playing now, I mean, Dylan Larkin, and for the crowd that likes to say, Dylan Larkin wouldn't be a first-line center on any other team. Yeah, well, okay. Look at Dylan Larkin with talent. Bertuzzi has come on and found his offensive game and it works. Look at Lucas Raymond. You get talent like Lucas Raymond, who is better than like now with, we were looking at it earlier. Jay Fresh put out his, um, his kind of player rankings based on fan votes and Lucas Raymond based on fan votes was ranked the top uh, in the, the 10th best right winger in the NHL currently. Number one was Nikita Kucherov and he's not even currently playing. Yeah. Greg, you know what I want to see is remember, remember the Twitter uh, trend a couple of years ago where you'd put a picture and then you'd have the little upgrade button and then you'd put <laughs> the other picture. I want to oh. see Anthony Mantha upgrade Lucas Raymond. <laughs> well, it'd be Anthony Mantha upgrade Jacob Verana. And that's yeah. the other part is we don't even have Verana back. No. So it depends on what they're going to do. Then you've got a second line of Verana suitor and then hopefully we make sense and move Zadina back up because the past few games, Zadina has also looked very, very good. Just the puck isn't going in. But if you watch him play, like I had a friend at the game 
great in the defensive zone and the offensive zone. He's making things happen. He's making plays. He's getting the puck to people. He's taking the shots are just not going in. I think it's but, because of his full game. That's the only reason we haven't seen him scratched. Sure. Because, because he's playing strong in the defensive zone. Mm-hmm. He's playing strong in the defensive zone and the neutral zone. And he's getting pucks on net, as you, as you mentioned. I mean, the fancy stats are there. It's not on the goal sheet. And that, to me, it's, it's going to happen, like, like you said. But when? He's light on surface stats, but he's heavy on fancy stats. Yeah, and he's, only, he's still only 22. Yep. Everyone's ready to give up on him. Him and Rass have the old. same points right now. Now, Rass has come on, though, lately before he got COVID. Mm-hmm. But he was hey, playing he really goal. well after having a terrible start to the season. He figured out that he's bigger than guys and can stand up. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Use your big boy pants, Michael. <laughs> but he, uh, he he found, like, the fa- past few games, he's found his game. He's scored some goals. He's looked, mm-hmm. made himself look bigger. He's mucking it up in the corners. He's getting into fights with people. So it's Rasmussen needs to learn that that's his role. And when he uses it to his advantage, good things happen. Now, Zadina has to, I get, be maybe a step faster when he's shooting, maybe find the, the lane a little better. But like you said, all his underlying stats are there. And if they scratched him, they'd be a worse team without him. Yeah, especially if they don't have a full roster him. in place. That's why you were able to scratch Anthony Mantha because what Anthony Mantha provided you was pure goal scoring and not really much else. And when he's not scoring goals, what's the use of having him on the roster? Yeah. When he wasn't inside his own red line, it was a dead controller. Exactly. So Zadina's the opposite. When Zadina can do all the other things right, and he was instructed to do all those other things. He was instructed to improve his defensive game. He was told to work on being a two-way player. The offense will come. It was the same thing with Dylan Larkin. Dylan Larkin was instructed for the past two seasons to work on his defensive game to work more on becoming a two-way player and the offense will come. And we're seeing that this season, the offense is now there for Dylan Larkin. And he was probably a big proponent of that too. Yeah. It's Iserman saying, look, I learned to play hockey by learning how to play defense and being a two-way player. And the offense comes because you've got that talent. That's talent that you naturally have. It's not Mm -hmm. just going to go away because you learn a different portion of your game. It's learning that portion of the game that you're not strong at making it stronger, and then saying, okay, now I can go back to doing what I know I can do naturally. So that's where Larkin's at right now is you've got him two high-quality wingers, and you can just let him go off. He can go sneak into corners. He can go retrieve pucks. He can go get stuff out because he knows he has guys on his sides that he doesn't have to worry about being a liability. So that's where we're at this year as opposed to the past few seasons. When Larkin's on the ice... At even strength, the team as a whole is shooting 15%. That's crazy. That's great. I wonder what league averages. What, that's uh, what happens when you have a guy like Dylan Larkin distributing the puck to a guy like Lucas Raymond or a guy like Tyler Bertuzzi. And in you know, situations where Bertuzzi's not out there, you got a guy like Fabry going up there, Zadina going up there. And, uh, I mean, that's, that's a credit to Dylan Larkin, really. I mean, he's yeah. distributing the puck to guys that can shoot the puck but also distributing the puck in areas where they have a, a pretty good chance of scoring a goal as well. Yeah, I got in a fight with someone who said that Iserman needs to flip Larkin because he's not the answer. Um, what is? Can, yeah. can I ask you something? Can what you the fuck is people? wrong with people? It's like, so here was his reasoning. His reasoning was the fucking stupidest shit I've ever heard in my life. So he says, we need to flip Larkin for a top three pick so that Iserman can draft a Hall of Famer. 
Uh, and he said that, look what Lucas Raymond has come in the league and done at 18 years old. He's better than Larkin. Therefore, Larkin needs to go because he's not the answer as a top line center. Okay, let me let me answer that to um, that guy. God. Let me let me answer <laughs> to that guy. My answer is like, what kind of drugs well, are you uh, well, on? Okay, but, okay, but I'm going to be in a more serious situation. Okay, you want to trade Dylan Larkin? Fine. First of all, you're not going to get back what you you deserve, right? Yep. And second of all, Lucas Raymond and Tyler Bertuzzi's numbers are going to go like this. going to fall. <laughs> and so... I said the same thing. Why do you think Lucas Raymond is doing exactly. so well right now? Because of Dylan Larkin. I mean, partially because he has immense natural talent, but because he has a playmaker like Dylan Larkin. And he said it himself. And then what happens when you trade Larkin? Are you setting the rebuild back four years? Yeah, don't. Your top line center becomes Pia Suter? Like, what? what's your plan there? And you're someone's going to say, yes, I'm willingly going to give you this lottery pick for Dylan Larkin because you're getting a lottery pick generally because you're a bad team. What if the lottery pick doesn't turn out? Exactly. What if it's Alexis Lafreniere, Capo Caco? Well, well Capo Caco's come on lately. But. Okay, but but my point is those guys, were they? no, they weren't first overall picks. So Lafreniere was a first overall pick, and then I, Caco was, was two. Caco was two. So, and both of those guys have not played to that potential. But they're still highly skilled players. My point was, why are you trading the first, the guy Eiserman says is untouchable, He's not getting traded. to no. the captain of your team, the heart of the team, for an unknown? You're not. And that makes zero sense to me, especially in the contract that Larkin's on currently. Granted, he's going to get a payday coming up, but for value, like bang for your buck right now, Larkin's one of the better centers in the league. I just, and it's, again, Ryan, you'd be glad you left. But it's just, it's Red Wings. But Red Wings Facebook has slowly been creeping under Red Wings Twitter. And that's evident. Um, the other thing we want to look at on Dylan Larkin before we move on to the next part of the conversation is his war card. Uh, Jay oh. Fresh's war card for Dylan Larkin has him currently sitting at an 89% with an EV offense of 93 and an EV that's beautiful. defense of 80. Uh, it's finishing right now is at a 73%. That's high. That's good. It's just his his goals per 60, 65%. His first assist per 60, 76%. That that primary assist one is huge. Yep. It's Larkin is making things happen. That's what he is. Larkin, mm-hmm. people forget that Larkin is a playmaker first and a goal scorer second. Goals are icing for Larkin. His his bread and butter is his playmaking ability and his defensive play. So Speaking of playmaking on one of Larkin's goals the other night, that Raymond pass over the over the center ice dot. Where Larkin grabs it and throws it in front of him to break out and score the and goal. He ch- and he almost threw it to the goalie. But yeah. he, his speed just took him to it. Yeah. But that play though, like I mean, Grant, the, the heroic goal was a beaut because of the bad the bad bounce off the boards or or perfect bounce, I should say. Um, the goalie was just dumb. But that pass by Raymond, man, yeah. that was that's what we have been missing. Okay. How about the cider pass during Jersey where he passed it through two defenders? Directly on Bertuzzi's stick. And Bertuzzi oh, doesn't... That, that, that little backhand yep. water pass. Yep. Oh. Just effortless. And that's that's the 2021-22 Red Wings. is just stuff like that from like 19 and 20-year-olds. And let's just forget the bad games. That's yeah, the best part. Yeah, sure. Mind-blowing. Because mm-hmm. the bad games are were expected. The games and- that are this good are not 
are not expected. And what's better is that they are 19 and 20 and they're only yeah. going to get better. Yep. Yeah. Yep. And, and Larkin's going to continue more talent. And Larkin's going into his prime years. Mm-hmm. Yep. So, I mean, I think we're still on track for uh, playoffs next season and then contention in four or five seasons, like contending for a cup, because then you've got Edvinson with a couple years under his belt and you've got guys, you, you're going to sure up your third and fourth line with guys like an Elmer Soderblom. And maybe in a few years, you get a guy like Carter Mazur to come in, or you maybe a guy like Red Savage mm-hmm. breaks lineup or Robert Master Simone. So you're going to end up filling out your bottom six with better players than uh, Sam Gagne. Uh, you're still going to have your grinders like Giovanni Smith. So within four years, three, four years, you're still going to see a lot of turnover on this roster, but you're going to be filling it in with Iserman picks, which is fantastic. And then not to mention the guys you're going to draft within the next few years. Not even talking about any potential big free agent signs that they're likely to yep. pull in or because trade. of this influx or, yep. Yep. Because you're, we're getting to the point where we're going to have a lot of high quality prospects that we're not going to have all the room for. Yep. So you're either going to have to make room for a prospect by trading off a high quality current roster piece, or you're going to trade a high quality prospect to get a proven roster piece. So we're entering the fun years and just this season on top of entering the fun years is kind of like icing on the cake for us because we've got a lot of cool stuff to talk about, which we thought we were going to talk more just they're not doing so great, but the guys are developing but we can talk about manner the guys developing and holy shit was that last game good. Yeah. So, and they're still exciting to watch. We thought that maybe that excitement in the first 15, 16 games would be, would peter off, but it hasn't. It's, I mean, the games have been exciting. That's It's going to be, it's going to be a roller coaster the rest of the year. Darren didn't seem to think that they would be less exciting as the season went on. Darren's optimistic. I mean, we were optimistic at the beginning of the season. I still, at the beginning of the season, my point prediction was 80 to 82. And that's what they're on pace for. Yeah, we're we're all right around the same spot. Yeah. I think I think eighty was our high end. I think I said eighty eight. We need to go back and listen to it because I know we were all intrigued. I, I forget what our point totals were for like cider. And- I still said Raymond was going to hit fifty points. Yeah, you did. Raymond's on pace for over fifty points. Do you think they still get eighty two games in? Yeah. yeah, yeah, I think so. Yeah, there's there's no reason to unless something catastrophic happens. They're not going to cancel games. And that's actually going to bring us into our next subject. I I got some random uh, potentially breaking news here. Oh, okay. Random unverified breaking news. Go ahead. No, it's verified. It's Frank Saravelli. Wait, it's the check marks there. It's not a fake. It's it's a check mark. And it's a quote on the mayor of Calgary. The Calgary mayor, Jayoti Gondik. I apologize if I jacked that up. Gondik, like his dick gone? Uh, It's a chick. So, yes. (laughs) That it is appropriate. (laughs) Oh. The, flame, the Calgary Flames have notified the city of their intent to pull out of the arena, the arena deal they had in, in ongoing negotiations. Calgary was supposed to get a new arena, and now they're saying they don't want it? It's been a conversation since 2019. The mayor just laid it all Uh-oh. out there on Twitter about what was in the deal, about the, the cost. And it seems like, per her side of the story, that the project was worth over $650 million and the Calgary Flames had walked away from 1.5% of the value and one little stipulation that they couldn't come to an agreement on. So right now, Calgary, they have their stadium. They wanted a new one. So 
All right. So this is super interesting. But before we get into it, I have to read our sponsor message from DraftKings. Hockey fans, DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NHL, has a no-brainer offer that'll make you a winner once any shot gets past the goalie. New customers can bet just $1 on any NHL game and win $100 in free bets if either team scores. The NHL got red ties in 2005, so you know someone is going to light the lamp. If Sportsbook isn't available in your state yet, no worries. Everyone can play for huge cash prizes all season long with DraftKings Daily Fantasy Hockey Contests. DraftKings is giving all new customers a free shot at millions of dollars in total prizes with their first deposit. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now, use promo code THPN, throw down $1 on any NHL game, and win $100 in free bets if either team scores a goal. That's promo code THPN this week at DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NHL. Must be 21 or older, New Jersey, Indiana, Pennsylvania only. New customers only. Minimum $5 deposit and $1 wager required. One per customer. Restrictions apply. See DraftKings.com sportsbook for details. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. All right, ready for this? You ready to tinfoil hat? Where are they going? Gary Bettman is talking to the city of Quebec in January. Oh, would you look at that? Is it going to be Arizona or Calgary? Arizona, he won't let. I am convinced. Arizona will play in a fucking college stadium for the four years until their new put a team in Hawaii before he pulls out of Arizona. I I think, I think Calgary will get it figured out. You can't take Tyler. They had it figured out and they just pulled out and said, no, it's been a conversation since 2019. Apparently. Well, and why would Bettman be going to talk to Quebec? Because they're not expanding again. That doesn't make any sense. They just added two teams. You add two teams and you wait like 10 years. The Coyotes don't have a rink to play in. No, but they said, Gary Bettman said as, as early as... Coyotes do, they pay their debts. No, I mean, next year, the, the lease is up after this year. <laughs> hey, air, expansive air quotes, Ryan. Air quotes. Yes, they're being kicked out of their arena. They will not be allowed back next year, but they have like a $1.2 billion plan in Tempe that has a few minor issues, but they said that's a four-year project. So with that four years, where are they going to play? Are they going to play in an old dusty arena? Are they going to go play the University of Arizona? I don't, I don't think either of those options are good. What's their attendance at action might work? Five. I don't know how many people fly from other states to see games in Arizona. Uh, when, you, when the Red Wings play there, it's LCA, LCA West. Maybe they're going to move Calgary to Regina. Do it for the name alone. <laughs> but... I think that the fire fire crutch. I, <laughs> I don't think that that Batman is thinking about expanding again. No, they can't expand again. No, they can't. No. So why would you be meeting with the the leader? Because they have a Quebec? brand new arena that's ready for NHL hockey at some point. Okay. So then Calgary makes the most sense to move. If they are if they just Flat out rejected their arena deal. Mm. Flat out rejected it. And their arena, which is still serviceable. It's one of the older ones in the National Hockey or, League now, though. I mean, that's so that's my tinfoil hat for the night. Update it. Yeah, they could do that. I mean, is uh, that's what doesn't make sense. I mean, I get now the Joe. I get it. That place needed to go. It was a, a shithole. No, it wasn't. And, well, look what they did to the, you. It was a shithole. Tyler, you've been it was there. A that fun place shit was a shithole. It was a so much fun, so loud. It was a great place to watch hockey. Everything else was fucking terrible. Look at Harpo's. Harpo's in Detroit is fun and a shithole. That there's plenty of places that are fun and a shithole, yeah. Tyler. So it's 
Now, how old is the Saddle Dome? I think it was built in the 70s, I want to say. Is it? (laughs) Before Joe Lewis. The Saddle Dome was opened in 19... Okay, so it's old. 19 what? So, 1983. Hmm. I mean, shit. Comerica Park's 20 years old. Well, look what they did to the palace. The palace, they did a ton Mm -hmm. of uh, renovations, too, and then they tore it down. Yeah, I mean, if uh, most of them, if they're getting... If they're, like, late 90s and on... Most of these places are in, in great shape and they're going to, you can just update them or should be updating them. Look at all the this money they've poured into Madison old, Square Gardens. Yeah, Madison Square Gardens. Is an Dude, only. and it will never go the away. New, the new arena no. in Boston, well, not the new arena in Boston. It's not new anymore, but TD Garden looks like it, it was just built. It's crazy. Like I hadn't been in there um, since March, no, eight, February 2020. Uh, until I went to a preseason game with my dad and then a couple other games. You, you like you don't even recognize it. They have like this old school theme. All the seats are black instead of black and gold now. Like they have like this like bar that's like the whole top is open. It's crazy now. That brand new scoreboard, like they did a ton of renovations during COVID. Renovations are easy to yeah. do. America Park needs to add a roof. That's Park needs to bring happen. in their walls. Yeah, didn't they so do that already? No, they did a small fence thing where they brought the fence in. Is where Caroline's Corner is down the left field line, right? Yeah, they've brought the they've brought the fence. There's actually an article I just read today about that's being potentially revisited. I so, want home runs. I'm sorry, park is too big. So that's it, it's it terrible. You, yeah, it is. But you're that. So that's going to be my conspiracy is that Calgary is going to go to Quebec, and that'd be the only reason. That Gary Bettman would be meeting with the leadership of Quebec City because they're not expanding. And he already said that Arizona's not going anywhere because he will not let it die. I need to look. When was that arena built? The new arena in Quebec? Videotron Center was built in 2015. Opened its go. doors in 2015. There you go. Yeah, they have a six-year-old, uh, six-year-old arena there in Quebec, and it looks like a goddamn spaceship. And it fits That's- how many people? Capacity for ice hockey is 18,259. Oh, weird. That's so, probably the average attendance for NHL games, is it not? Oh, uh, yeah. For I mean, it's, it's, it's almost like they want a hockey team. Huh. Almost. Almost like they built the goddamn mothership from Independence Day to host a hockey team with 18,000 seats. So that's, that's what I'm going to say. I'm going to say the Calgary Flames to Quebec will probably be announced during the offseason and would be fucking sweet. That would be awesome. Uh, Greg wants to see it. I want to see it. I just want to see maximum chaos. I, I, I would rather see, I would rather see because I'm anal and I hate the number of seven Canadian teams. I'd rather see eight Canadian teams and see the coyotes say bye-bye to the oh, desert sure. and move. That'd be fantastic. Come back. Uh-huh. I want, I want, I want a team in Regina. Regina. <laughs> what about Moose Jaw? I like that one too. Moose jaw. Every time I hear moose jaw, I think of as the movie <laughs> Slapshot, and they're getting ready to go wiggle his dick at him. <laughs> I I'm gonna say that I Arizona's not gonna go anywhere because Gary Batman won't let it. It's his baby. It won't die. He is rose to Jack. He will never let go. And that is exactly what is going to happen there. That team will fester in the desert with garbage product for years and years and never you do these fucking fashion shows. They yep. have nice jerseys though. At least the <laughs> yeah, new Kachinas sure. are sweet. Doesn't win you cups. Once you have a heart attack and die. So what we're going to talk about now 
is the Olympics, which uh, as of today, the NHL and NHLPA officially pulled out of the Beijing Olympics. They'll cite whatever reason. They will cite whatever reason they want. The reason is because the owners don't make money from the Olympics. That is why they aren't going. Um, Also because the players don't want to go because of uh, the COVID quarantine measures for China. They don't want to possibly have to stay in China for five weeks instead of three. So makes sense to me, makes sense to the owners. Gary Bettman's over there doing his little weasel laugh in the corner. If you've ever seen Billy Madison. Absolutely Um, is. Yeah, Yeah, he's doing his little weasel laugh in the corner. He's doing some crazy demon incantations because that's what he is. But there are several questions now as to what they do with the built-in three-week break when, as Tyler had mentioned previously, that all the arenas are already booked because they were that fucking stupid. Yeah. Uh, they already booked the arenas. In Didn't case. they come out with two schedules, though, just in case of this? I thought they did. Um, but that they was a lie, a, I think. They pulled a fuck it yep. uh, and kind of <laughs> turned ship on that one. I mean, so, that's a lot of money regardless, because if you do have these huge arenas, which obviously Little Caesars always says shit yep. going on, you need to book those events. Yeah. yeah. So... Uh, Sean Shapiro released a few things as soon as we were talking about it. And uh, one saying the NHL is still a gate-driven league, uh, but the league corporate business has boomed in the past 12 months and changed the dichotomy of how much teams actually rely on their gate and created a financial safety net for the teams. He also said that the NHL started reaching out this morning to teams about dates they'd have available during the Olympic break building availability much better in some places than others. So whatever repurposed schedule emerges will be interesting. I think that they talked about using the last week of the break uh, or the last two weeks as kind of makeup weeks and giving them a week off as kind of a buy. Kind of like Um, what they had previously done where they'd give a team a week off. Which would be more like a recovery week. David Poyle was on a talk uh, radio talk show who said something to the effect of extending the end of the season, possibly by a week, giving an extra week at the end of the season also to make up missed games. Uh, Would that be just if they're absolutely needed in terms of points and playoff positioning? It would be games completed. It'd have to be to get every team to 82 um, is what I'm thinking. Well, I'm just wondering if you have like, it's a battle of fucking the bottom two teams in the league. Do they even respond? They're playing that game. If that's the yes, ended up that ends up what's happening. Yes, I'd say so? they would because the teams are still going to want to do it. Um, Fair. Shapiro says nothing definitive, but several team executives seem pretty confident the NHL All Star Game will still happen in Vegas. Whoop de fucking do! Multiple people said follow the money on that, especially with league losing more potential gate revenue in Canada. Uh, Canada is cutting not all of Canada, I think, right now, but I think it's just Ontario. And, no, it's um, pretty much all. Is point. it all of it? Yeah, I think I think it's made its way pretty much across. It started with Ontario. It started with Toronto. They did the Raptors, and then it, it, it spread to Ottawa, and then I guess now it's BC and Alberta. Yeah. So cutting um, gate to fifty percent. All Star Game. I still fucking hate it. Apparently, kids love it. That's the new argument. The kids fucking love the All Star Game. I like and the skills competition. Of, I don't love the all-star kids, game. Whatever happened to the douche nozzle they brought on it like the start of the season or late last season? TikTok kid? Yeah, is that, that dude. I don't care. I hope he drove off a cliff. Is he still a thing? I'm sure he's so. still a thing. No, I'm not sure. Or was that an, an NBC boy? Thing. What I think happened was they're like, look, we've got TikTok kid. 
Wasn't and then they went on the internet somewhere. Well, everyone went in and they're like, guys, TikTok kid's a huge asshole. And they, the league probably well, do then went back and did their research. And they're like, oh, shit, we need to distance our, quietly distance ourselves from TikTok kid. And then mm. he never did anything again. Oh, I think God. that's what happened. Um, but Shapiro says that it's a money grab. I understand it. I don't think it's a money grab from viewership. It's probably more just a money grab from sponsors. Like Tyler said, all-star game. I'll watch not the all-star game, but the skills comp. I'll watch that shit all day. Skills comp is great. I mean, to be fair, honestly, I mean, I'm not going to go out of my way to watch the all-star game, but if there's hockey on and I have time, I'm going to put it on. It doesn't matter if it's three on three or five on five. I'm going to watch oh, yeah, it. You're, you're getting the best out there all out yeah, there. Having fun. Tyler, no, that's... I'll tell you this. If all-star game is on and a new episode of Hawkeye just dropped, I'm watching Hawkeye over the All-Star game. Okay, well, that's the where All-Star we game differ, is Greg. Boring I don't care about anything that's not sports for the most part in terms of watching. I'm going to tell your girlfriend. <laughs> I like Christmas movies. Is that He's all right? He's going right to the jugular. <laughs> you like you like Elf? Oh, you like God. Hockey and Elf? Are you a Hallmark guy? I'm not a Tyler. Hallmark guy. Hell no, man. No, Elf is the best Christmas movie ever made. No, the best movie um, ever made is Miracle. Uh, John McClane would like a word. We're going back to Sean. We're going back to Sean Shapiro. He says that teams have also been told plan is for them to get at least a one-week break in the new revised schedule, similar to bye weeks. We already talked about that. Mm-hmm. Someone had asked any chance a game would be played at a neutral site. He says this has not been discussed at all, from my understanding. Teams also going to push to not lose a game gate money. Uh, so teams with packed, with packed buildings will likely be on the road during February because of that. Um, I had also said the Red Wings should play a game at Yoast. That would be super fucking cool. Speaking of, um, it wouldn't be enough. Max people, just though. tweeted that out. So Little Caesars Arena does have five open dates during the Olympic break. So maybe to that point of Shapiro's comment, we could see if it came to it, teams that are more local to the region playing at LCA. Could be. You could have a Columbus come up and play a game if they needed to. But if the Red Wings right now are going to miss, what, two games? Mm-hmm. Were they supposed to play two games uh, that they're going to miss because of the the pause? I think it's a two, yes. But if one they, was a road. I think one was a home and one was a road, right? Sure. Uh, maybe. I didn't look that closely at it. But if the road uh, arena, if the road arena is not available during that break, they could just make it a home game and fly the other team in. So we could take a week of that three weeks that's now not going to be played for the Olympics and have two makeup games of that time and then go right back to a normal schedule. The other thing they could try to do... reference pulled those two games off their schedule. Weird. The other team... The other thing they could try to do for teams that do have open availability is to decongest the rest of their season. So if they're playing... Take off some back-to-backs? Yeah, between now and the end of the season, if they're playing like five more back-to-back games pull two or three of them off and throw them in this break. If they can do that, or I, I think, think that would help. I think what's a good idea. I mean, now that you've kind of, it's hard to say. So like, do you think they're trying to do as many of those makeup games as possible and then keep the rest of the schedule that they already have? Yeah. Okay. So then in that case, why couldn't you do like, trade one for another. So like if Detroit's going up to Montreal, have them play Toronto and Ottawa instead of, instead of just crossing the border, 
you know, three times, just cross it once and get those three games out of the way right then and there. So there's the other news that we haven't covered yet is that um, all cross border games are postponed. So if Canadian teams are supposed to come play U.S. teams, it's not happening. If U.S. teams are supposed to go to Canada to play Canadian teams, it's not happening. So, so but, but people are freaking out about this, and I, 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 I wouldn't freak out about it. It's not a Canadian government situation like it was last year. It's more of the players, and I believe, well, yeah, more, more so the players than anything, just didn't want to get stuck in Canada or stuck in the United States and not be able to get back into Canada or, you know, a United States player not be able to come back to the United States for Christmas and, and not to get to spend the holiday with their family. So that's probably why they hit the pause button as well, right, on those yeah. games? I didn't see, but are is the cross-border game supposed to resume after Christmas break too? They didn't say. Dude, I, I have no idea. I didn't see that either. If the cross-border th- games are supposed to be suspended for longer than that, then that's what causes an issue. Mm. Um, I'm not sure. I didn't see. Um, but my idea is just it's the same as basically what Shapiro is saying. Book as many games as you can in that yep. period where your arenas are open. And if you've got a flop, say the Red Wings are supposed to play Nashville in Nashville and they don't have an opening and Little Caesars does, it becomes a home game now. Just flop it. Who cares? Get the game in. Decongest the rest of the schedule throughout the end of the year as much as you can. Give them a week off. And if you have to, if you have to add a week at the end, add a week at the end. But let teams play their normal schedule. And if you've got to flip home in a ways, flip home in a ways and just get the get the missed games in while you can, because we don't know what's going to happen for the rest of the season. But you want to be able to play as many games as possible and not going to the Olympics may be the best case scenario for making up these missed games. Yeah, it hurts because. I mean, obviously, I'm 26 now, so I remember that 2010 game, the uh, the gold medal game, not to rehash old things, like it was yesterday. And you know, remember how I felt when that puck went in the net, and I'm just like, you know, we're not going to get another chance to see that. And then they did go in 2014, and they got shut the hell down by that team, Canada. And then obviously the 20, uh, yeah, the 2014, and then the 2018, they didn't go. So I thought this was going to be the time where we were going to finally get to see Austin Matthews. Wasn't that and Jack Eichel. we had the heartbreaking goal. No, that was 20, 2010 Vancouver. That's what I think it's 2014. I'm sorry. No, 2014 was where we got shut down. We lost to Canada one, nothing or whatever it was in that preliminary, not preliminary game. One of the metal round games. Anyways, it hurts because, you know, you don't get your chance to see those guys. And, uh, but while I understand it, and, and you know, there's not really much we can do, not really much perfect with the world right now. I, I understand it and support it. Obviously, the NHL schedule is the most important thing. But as a USA hockey fan, and, and I know there's not it's not just me. There's a lot of people that like USA hockey and and want to see the United States compete for Olympic gold. It sucks. It really does, especially that, you know, they had a deal that the league was going to let them go. It kind of sounded like in 2018 when they didn't go to Pyeongchang, it kind of seemed like they were never going again. So, um, yeah, it, it sucks. I mean, especially w- with the talent that we have here. I mean, Larkin probably would have been there. Lucas Raymond probably would have been there. And then, you know, just talk about great American players like Eichel and, and Matthews and 
just it, there's guys and even team Canada. I mean, McDavid, we probably would have seen the best team Canada ever there. And so, I mean, it, it sucks, but at the end of the day, I guess it's not a perfect world that we're all living in right now. So, um, you know, I, I understand it, but it, it does suck and it does make the world juniors uh, look like something that we're looking forward to big time. Yeah. We'll have to keep an eye on the, the Canadian stuff to your point. So it's finally found it on ESPN. If they test positive in Canada, they got to do 14 day quarantine. That's why we're seeing a lot of these guys. I mean, Bert can't go, but if you, if they're testing positive here, they weren't making that trip or chartering in with a negative test. And that's so, why players were saying they're not going to Canada because they don't want to basically get a positive test in Canada and mm-hmm. come back. That makes sense to me. Um, so uh, Tyler had mentioned it. World Juniors is coming up. We had talked about it last show. Uh, we've got a lot of Red Wings in the World Juniors. It should be very interesting. Um, Emil Vero, Sebastian Cosa, Donovan, Sabrango, Carter Mazer, Red Savage. Uh, we've got people all over the world junior. So it should be a good watch. Tyler's very excited yes. um, because he's going to get his hockey fix for the world. So good. Mm-hmm. Yep. And uh, he did also say that the jerseys are phenomenal this season. Uh, they do a much, much better job for the world juniors than they do for the Olympics. No, they just keep the jerseys the same. They keep them simple. Fantastic. And the actually Olympics. they got rid of the, the, um, the regular like USA. I don't know what they're going to use, but. They posted a picture of Jake Sanderson um, being named the captain of the team mm-hmm. along with yep. uh, Bernd uh, Beneers and the other kid. But they posted that picture. I don't know if they're going to wear the normal ones that they usually wear and just wear those on New Year's Eve like they usually do. Uh, but they they did a reverse version of the 1980 Olympic ones. So that that's sweet but with the blue instead of the white. I hope they just stick to those. They need, that's all it should ever be. I, I agree. Those are both so sick. But I'm going to end tonight's podcast by saying um, I really want to go see Spider-Man. And I haven't gone oh. and seen it yet. Oh, I gotta go. Was it I good? Have, I, oh Did you my see it? God, I saw it today. I heard it was the best Marvel movie pretty much so far and Dude. was absolutely phenomenal. And I'm heard. missing a lot. So, Yo, um, are, you, are you both caught up entirely on all the Marvel Oh, yeah. Uh, except for Black Widow, which I really don't give a shit about. Okay, that doesn't matter. No. Tyler, are you caught up on I'm all not Marvel? a movie guy. Oh, okay, well, Lord, it's not it. hockey, Ryan. Greg, doesn't since watch you are it. fully ingrained, you've already watched like oh, uh, yeah, WandaVision several stuff, times, obviously. everything. Yep. WandaVision, all those. Yeah, I'm all the way up to date on Hawkeye. I watched all of WandaVision, all of Falcon and Winter Soldier. Um, yeah, I watch all the Marvel stuff. I definitely There's, will go and see it, though, just because, you know, I, I'm one oh of Oh, my those, God, it was so good. I'm one of those bandwagon people. Like, you know, everyone back in the day were saying, go see The Dark Knight. It's a great movie. It turned out to be a great one. And, and you know, just a bunch of movies like that that I've gone and seen um, in the past. And, and I mean, this one, everyone I talked to is like, man, Spider-Man is so good. You got to go see it. So I, I, I guess Dude, I do got to go see it. Absolutely worth the $5 matinee price today. Yeah, I uh, <laughs> just came up. The reason I brought it up is because it just came up on Twitter. Someone's like, please, Disney Plus, drop it right now for theater prices. I will buy it right now. And oh, my watch God. It. It, was, it was so I want to watch it again. I'll watch it on my 85-inch TV with surround sound oh. and all the fun stuff. So uh, There's two cuts. There's two end scenes, by the way. It's Marvel. I stay until the lights turn on. A lot of people <laughs> left after the first one. I was like, you guys are you missing a bunch out. of fucking idiots. What's wrong with you? I, I have literally, I think it was Doctor Strange where people were leaving and I literally stood up and I'm like, where are you all going? What is wrong with you? This is a Marvel movie. <laughs> yeah, you stay you until the lights turn on and the people come in. They've, clean they've up. ruined every other movie. Yeah. And there was a bunch of people complaining about Marvel yeah. today and I'm like, whatever. 
they said Marvel has ruined movies. And I'm like, no, Marvel has made movies so much better. They've set the bar so high. I'm sorry the movies you like are garbage. Um, but yeah, Spider-Man is my wife's favorite superhero. And we're going to find a time to drop the children off so we can go see Spider-Man. Dude, just it's oh. so good. That's uh, why I'm going to end also, it. Rowan's calling you out on Discord, by the way. Yeah, whatever. That's fine. Uh, Ryan, final thoughts. Uh, final thoughts. We are Merry Christmas to everyone. Um, enjoy your holidays. Be happy safe. holiday. Yeah, happy holidays. If you don't celebrate Christmas, if you're a Kwanzaa or a Hanukkah person or whatever. Right. Yeah. Uh, but no, it's um, yeah, that's really all I got. Already Ryan, thirty three. Yeah, my final thoughts are, I mean, I, I kind of said it earlier, but <laughs> the little kid in me is coming out. The World Juniors is getting ready to get fired up, kid in up in Edmonton and Red Deer. And that's that's the best time of year for me. I mean, it's it's uh, Christmas is over. The New Year's getting ready to fire up. Uh, hopefully we get the Michigan-Georgia uh, game and the college football playoff. When is that? Is that like the seven, is that New, New Year's, Year's Day or New Year's Eve? Okay. New Year's Eve, yeah. And, uh, you know, but the World Juniors is always a great tournament because, you know, you see a lot of players in the NHL a little bit later in the season or the next year or whatever. So it's a good tournament. Glad Jake Sanderson's back this year for uh, Team USA. I think they'll be good. I, I think Canada is probably the favorite. So but, uh, you know, that didn't matter last year. So we'll just see what happens. I guess they're doing 50 percent capacity now, which kind of sucks for the players. But hey. It is what it is. Um, but anyways, they actually are getting to enjoy their their national team. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> anyways, uh, yeah, you guys can follow me on Twitter at SealDog91. And um, happy holidays. Merry Christmas to those that celebrate. And um, hopefully hockey comes back right after the Christmas break and we can uh, hit the ground running and get back, uh, back on the horse that we were on. We were on horse. I'm also going to say happy holidays to everyone. You can follow me online at Bringing the Wing. You can follow the Grindline Podcast online at Grindline Pod. We like to give a shout out to uh, first. I'm going to give a shout out to the Hockey Podcast Network at Hockey Podnet on Twitter. They are super awesome to us and give us a lot of opportunity to spread our podcast around. And then Vintage Detroit. Uh, you can go follow Vintage Detroit on Twitter. You can also follow uh, them on Facebook. And I mean, all your jersey needs, anything you need done with a hockey jersey, get it through Vintage Detroit. They also do Tigers stuff and really any Detroit sports. Um, so go check out Vintage Detroit for all of your hockey needs. The closest thing to on ice authentic you will get is Vintage Detroit. Uh, we like to give a shout out to Howie's Hockey Tape, uh, where if you use the promo code Grindline at checkout, you get 10% off your order. And if you use that same promo code at Bring Hockey Back, you get 12% off your order. Uh, we like to give a shout out to Founders, who actually has been putting out some really awesome beers lately. Uh, so go check out Founders. And then our merch at redbubble.com. If you go to redbubble.com and search the Grindline, uh, we've got a merch shop up there. We can get our designs on everything from T-shirts to stickers to pins to whatever you want. Uh, Ryan, I haven't ordered my um, shower curtain yet. I'm going to have to dig into the funds and order a shower curtain and take a picture of it. Uh, <laughs> I just don't know which one I want to do yet. I think I want to do Mo with the Flow. Um, it's either that or my Dylan Larkin Red Wings captain in Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles font. Uh, that is that is really cool. Um, but you can go check out our merch there at Redbubble. Uh, but that's going to do it for us tonight. So for Ryan and Tyler, I am Greg. You stay classy, hockey down.